Yo, what's up? It's Avery. We're here. We're live. We're here with um, Mr. Adam Browse. Hey, Adam Browse. How are you doing today? Hello. Welcome to today? the uh, Savory Avery podcast with Excellent. Cash Money. Um, can you make that sound for me? No. <laughs> I can't. But uh, what else? What is the theme today? What What are uh, the what theme are of the podcast today? Is <clears throat> what animals do? What, what animals do? Just yeah, in general. Just in general, okay. like. What is the purpose of animals? The purpose of Why animals. did, quote-unquote, God put us on Earth? Quote-unquote, God? Yeah. I just watched The Da Vinci Code, so, you know, I'm very... I don't know, yeah, the emergence of animals. Did you know that, that there was only single-cell, or at least the theories, there was only single-cell animals, like, you know, tiny, tiny single-cell animals on the Earth for, like, like, two billion years, and then just randomly mitochondria emerged? <coughs> Probably because there were, like, mitochondria-shaped single-cell organisms that got inside another organism. Yeah. And then became, like, a part of their se- like a part of themselves. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? So, yeah. Like, mitochondria, which are the, basically the energy of all the of our cells. Of cell, yeah, yeah. They are probably a single-cell organism two billion years ago that got into another cell and that was the only way for cells to then start getting more and more interesting and more sophisticated um, like like you know toolkits ribosomes and stuff like that was because it had the energy of the mitochondria is that interesting the powerhouse of the, the powerhouse of the cell so is that the purpose of life well that might be that I mean that to me that would be like the definition of like you know really like animals going from most simple single cell organisms to like more complex single-cell organisms, which then could turn into multiple-cell organisms after, you know, another hundred million years of evolution. But for two billion years, it was just like, the ocean was just like a soup, like, even simpler than algae. Like, algae is way more complex than what these were. They were just like blobs, like cell walls with like nothing else going on. So my question is, what's the difference between an animal and a plant because you're just talking about cell wall and so you just well some animals there's some plants that are like very close to animals right like aren't there some that are kind of on the edge like lichen and stuff so would you say that but there are there are down to the biological level like if you have a cell wall and you're in you're a plant and if you don't have a cell wall you're an animal well this is this is where there's like there's like areas of clarity in, in, in taxonomy and then there's areas of kind of like not so clear you know? Yeah. So, for example, isn't there, like, um, I think there's, like, an animal that has some chlorophyll in it or something, and then there's, like, plants that have, you know, yeah. so there's, so there's like, weird, uh, you know, weirdo plants and plant animals in the middle, but then there's, like, a tree and a lion. It's, like, very clear that they're, like, two different, yeah. you know, tax, taxidermically different, or tax, not taxidermically, taxonomically, taxonomically different, um, or could be differentiated. The thing that I think is really interesting is that Darwin in his book, The Origin of Species, yeah. actually brings up the question, Does is there such a thing as a species? And and he, he comes to the conclusion, really, or I, I don't know, I think it's debatable, but I think he pretty much gives evidence that there isn't a species. Species, the idea of a species, is actually just an, just an abstraction that we're putting onto a group of individual organisms that share certain common traits. But actually, each individual organism has slightly different characteristics and so really there is no such thing as a species in in, a, in the in the most absolute sense 
So humans aren't species, they're just... They're like a bunch of different organisms that share certain traits in common. So a species. Well, that's the thing. So then there's the edges of species. So, so the same way that there's like the edges of the animal and plant kingdom, there's the edges of, of the species, of, of any species, you know? So, you know, with humans, we pretty much killed all the other close-to-human you know, yeah. we kill them off. Well, that's the theory now, right, is that we kind of ate Homo erectus and Neanderthals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, but but they were kind of like, a, there was a kind of continue, a continuity between our species and, and other other great apes. Um, but but then those kind of, those those bridges sort of fell away, but there was a continuity. And, and so technically they're kind of, in theory, there kind of is a continuity between all organisms, which I think is pretty cool. Because in his book, The Origin of Species, he sort of says there's no such thing as species, which is pretty, pretty uh, strange uh, premise. Have you ever read The Origin of Species? No. Oh, it's not. absolutely one of the best books ever. It's so good. It's so freaking cool. Yeah. He mounts an argument with such with such uh, like precision and uh, and with such rhetorical flourish, but he's mounting a biological argument. You know, he doesn't say yeah. the you know it's the origin of evolution. I mean, the book is the first time evolution was pr proposed, yeah. and the last word of the whole book is the only time he says the word evolution. What's the last evolution? Evolution is the last word of the whole. What's book. What's the last sentence of the book? Uh, the last sentence of the whole book is something like, you know, and 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 this by these ways do we see the animal's evolution or something like that. Mm. And, and that's the only time that he uses that word. Even though the, the word evolution was already been, had its meaning, he proposes the whole thing without saying evolution because he knew that it would get stiff, um, stiff backlash. backlash, right? And so he builds it up with this like incredible, like you cannot disagree with his perspective. It's, it's impossible. Um, so would you say the... Uh meaning of all animals is to evolve? No, that's the interesting thing, is that animals don't have a meaning, and neither does life. <laughs> well, according wow, to very, evolutionarily, uh, it doesn't. It's really down. So so before before Darwin, there was this guy, um, what's his name? The plant Lamar. Guy. Lamar. Oh. Lamarian evolution was another form. Lamar said... You know, the giraffe's neck is long because it reaches up with its neck, and it gets a little bit longer, and then it has a kid, and that kid is a little bit longer, and it reaches, and it gets a little longer. Like, it's your environment shapes the yeah. animal. And Darwin turned around and said, no, there's just variation in the species, and yeah. all of the variations that aren't that aren't well adapted die. Survival of the fittest. Yeah, right, yeah. survival of the fittest. And so that's why we see it looks like the environment is shaping, but actually it's just, you know, this what, what's what he called the economy of nature. Which, which was actually kind of an interesting thing. If you read Freud and Darwin, you can see that they use this word economy. Freud says the economy of the mind, yeah. and Darwin says the economy of nature, which is interesting because if you talk about the economy with a modern reader, like a contemporary reader, yeah. they don't really people don't really understand economics very well. It's, it's a pretty kind of esoteric thing that only a few people who get trained in it really understand. Most people have a lot of they don't they have a lot of kind of not correct ideas about how the economy works. Yeah. But actually in the seventeen hundreds and eighteen hundreds, everyone knew about the economy, but they didn't know anything about psychology and biology. These things weren't invented yet. Yeah. But they knew about the economy because the economy the idea of an economy was invented essentially by Adam Smith in, in seventeen seventy six, same year as the Declaration of Independence when he wrote the published the, the Wealth of Nations. So anyways, Freud and Darwin are actually using 
economics as a metaphor to teach people about the mind and biology. So in the economy, that's survival of the fittest, right? Like the yeah. business that doesn't succeed dies away because it doesn't, you know, it's not profitable. It doesn't create enough value for the people around it. So when he says the economy of nature, he's actually making reference to the Adam Smithian idea of like a free market where the, the strong, you know, the strong companies, the profitable companies survive. And and grow and and less don't. So anyway, so yeah, so he's he he took out he took out uh, the purpose. So there is no purpose. Well, there you people used to think there was because of Aristotle. Yeah, Aristotle said that everything has a has a telos, which means like an end or yeah. a goal that it's striving for, and even life itself all has a, a telos that it's going for. Yeah, which is the good being good, um, and. Uh, but Darwin turns that around and says, "No, we're kind of just, we're kind of just like random, and then our 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 environment is destroying all the parts, the the species or the the individual organisms that aren't well adapted to that environment. So, yeah. so bring, no purpose. So bring us to tech. Yeah. When you talk about evolution and non-species, so say that there's one brilliant programmer, marries another brilliant programmer, mm-hmm. they have children. Yeah." Do you think their children will be a brilliant programmer, or do you? So this is a good question. So this is the question of 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 of, of the genetic or biological basis for intelligence. Yeah. Okay. And there was a book written. Uh, that was the main the main book on this in the '90s was written called the Bell Curve, and it introduced this idea of you know we're all kind of on a bell curve of intelligence, a bell curve of this and a bell curve of that. So like the statistics spoke. Yeah, so we're in a norm, normal distribution. There's a few people yeah. are at the very top, a lot of people in the middle, and very few people at the very bottom. And then they make the argument that this is like um, an explanation for even social class, In they say, in the United States. So they say like there's a cognitive elite that's emerging because they're the smartest people. They're getting the most capital in a capitalist economy, and they're becoming this economic, cognitive, social elite. Yeah. This book created a huge amount of controversy and the science the science is, is is based on twin studies yeah so they study twins and they try to test if you had identical twins separated at birth and fraternal twins separated at birth and fraternal twins living together and identical twins living together and you try to see if they're different mm-hmm. so if, if identical twins separated at birth if they have similar proclivities and similar abilities, then that would be evidence of genetic uh, effective intelligence, or yeah. genetic effect of all kinds of things. And if they don't, then that would be a sign of na- nurture, essentially. Yeah. So, the science is not very conclusive, but the, re- the, the it, it kind of swings back and forth yeah. as more studies and research come out. But largely, people believe that the nurture is stronger than nature. Yeah. That, that intelligence... Uh, except for in cases of developmental disability, which is like almost like an illness or like a syndrome of some kind. Yeah. Everybody else who isn't like developmentally disabled as a category is is, is are all able to reach similar altitudes of of, of intellectual behavior. They just need uh, cultivation, practice, motivation. You know, things that your nurture can provide, like your your environment can provide. Um, yeah. So it's. That might that might seem like a lot of people, especially people on the right, generally right wing people, have a little bit of skepticism around that. They yeah. generally think like, no, it's probably like I've met smart people and they were smart since I knew them when they were young, and yeah. they're smarter than other people I've met who are dumb. 
Um, but I think a lot of that, that kind of like, well, I see it with my own two eyes, so that's the way it is, it kind of ignores what the research does, which is to actually go into those developmental stages of like, of like, for example, how many words do you know in the first grade? Yeah. And, and, and research, for example, that's shown that if you take just people, students on welfare, mm -hmm. so some people on welfare are perfectly comfortably, you know, living, yeah. living, but they're on welfare. If you take just that distinction of welfare, people who are on welfare and people who are not, people on welfare know half as many words in first grade than people not on welfare, wow. on average, which means there's a spectrum even yeah. in those two, right? So people not on welfare, there's really rich and really poor even who aren't on welfare. And then among welfare, there's destitute homeless people and there's like people in their homes, you know, living a somewhat normal, you know, normal economic level of life. So, 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 so even inside those, if it's half, you can imagine that there's the bottom end of the welfare and the top end of the no welfare that yeah. are probably multiples difference, number of words known. Yeah. And this is like a well, well researched so like a, thing. Kind of like a bimodal distribution. Like there's two... There's two peaks, so kind of. No, like, I don't think it's that way. I think it's. I think it's actually like. I think they just do that to show how stark of a difference it yeah. is already at first grade. When you get to first grade, you didn't have any interventions before that. First grade is when public schooling starts and when you get kind of an equal opportunity. Yeah. Well, not everyone gets kindergarten. Really? Kindergarten is not, not well. provided by the state. That's an extra thing. So, pre pre you know, K, pre -K. yeah yeah third you know if you're three four years old you don't get schooling. Only five five year olds can go to school. So publicly, public publicly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a good program. It'd be better if we provided more early childhood education. That's actually yeah. one of the things that research has shown vastly increases people's lifelong abilities and reduces criminality and increases college outcomes, increases everything. Is 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 just being able to give people schooling at three and four. Yeah. So so a lot of people when they say, oh well, the longest I've known him, he's been really smart, or the longest I've known her, she's been really smart, and, and this other guy, he's been really like a dunderhead. A lot of that ignores the the what's happened even in the first four or five years of life um, which actually is hugely determinant so there's so there's so when people talk about nurture and nature um, you know if you go with just what you see you might con you might conclude that there are just smart people and dumb people but yeah. if you actually look at the research it's pretty strongly suggests that you know the environment is far more important uh, or valent in that equation than just your genes, just your raw genes. Unless you have the developmentally disabled, you know, unless you have like, you know, genetic, actual, genetic, actual problem genetic at birth. problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actual mental problems, yeah. Well, uh, that's all the time we have today okay. with the Savory Avery podcast. Um, <laughs> tune in next week for um, our next adventure, uh, hopefully in a studio uh, up in Hopper. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. No and, problem. Um, signing out. Any last words, Adam? No, no. That's it. You, you got it. Okay. The whole thing's in the can. It's canned. No, I don't think that's the expression. <laughs> <laughs>